fiber art is having such a moment right now, which is so exciting because I think seeing these these techniques and materials in so many different kinds of spaces and the way so many people are, are working with them, there's just infinite both kind of technical things you can do, but also just so much meaning in the material. From NCPR, welcome to Northwards. People, ideas, and conversations from and about Northern New York, Vermont, and beyond. I'm Mitch Tyke. Support for the Northwards podcast comes from St. Lawrence University, where a strong liberal arts tradition with real-world applications equips students to solve 21st century challenges. stlawu.edu. I have been at meetings at the Mothership, NPR, in Washington this week. So we're going to mix things up a bit on this episode of Northwards and turn the spotlight on a couple of interviews my colleagues here at NCPR did recently. But let me start with a little perspective. I do not like craft stores. Not the places that sell arts and crafts. I appreciate a finished object that might decorate my home. But the places that sell the stuff that people use to make the arts and crafts. It's not that I don't appreciate what artisans do and make. I just can't imagine doing it or making it myself. So being surrounded by jewelry supplies or wreaths or embroidery equipment is bewildering to me, and it makes me start to fidget nervously. And I guess that makes sense because my own artistic itch is scratched by writing and photography, and I love a good stationery store, especially if it has a huge wall of pens. And while they're harder to find these days, I could spend an entire day in a camera shop. So I think the thing that makes both of these features we're about to hear sing is how well they captured my interest, despite my neurotic biases. They both involve the use of fabric to make art. We start by letting Monica Sandreski introduce us to a Lake George artist who uses familiar materials in some novel ways. The sculptures on display now in Lake George are a lot like people. They emote, they take on personalities and relate to gallery goers. Or at least that's how artist Hannah Washburn likes to think of her work. Washburn is a textile artist based near Fishgill, New York. She sews sculptures by hand using clothing and textiles from her home. She works intuitively, sort of Frankensteining bright floral fabrics together and stuffing them to make soft, organic-looking pieces. And the resulting sculptures droop and jut and gesture out. I caught up with her as she was installing her exhibit, Jog Your Memory, at the Courthouse Gallery at the Lake George Arts Project. And she says she likes to think of her sculptures as works that are growing and changing, but captured in a moment. I don't know. That's kind of how I experience both the feeling of existing in a body, the feeling of being a person that's always changing and trying to kind of adapt and also exist as this thing that's so many different things at once. (laughs) Um, So that's where kind of the patchworking comes in of all of these different references from the home or from my life. Um, And I think in a way they're, they're kind of these, these self-portraits, they're kind of autobiographical, but I think there's also something that's, I hope, reflected back for the viewer that there are these forms that are either at times very joyful or sometimes they are kind of burdened or both at the same time. And I think that, you know, the way that we're also able to kind of contain so many things at once 
I hope that that's something that is kind of, that you can kind of identify in it. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, in speaking of the home too, who taught you to sew? That's such a good question because I learned how to sew at home. It's hard for me to kind of pinpoint, but definitely my mom and my grandmother and my great-grandmother were all kind of instrumental in in teaching me um, both how to sew by hand, how to sew on the machine, how to knit, um, how to do kind of beading and embellishing. That was definitely a thing that was very present growing up that I just also absolutely loved doing. And I think having learned these things at home and being taught them at home rather than at school is something that really, I don't know, it it really is important to me. And I think having kind of inherited these skills, and I think that so many people have that experience of learning these techniques that were and have been often relegated to the home space. Can you share a memory of a time sewing with your mom or your grandmother? Or your great-grandmother? Oh, my gosh. Um, This is actually a memory related to my aunt, my Aunt Kathy. I always felt really and do feel really close to her because she is a very kind of artistically-minded person. When we were growing up, I had a bunch of cousins on my on my father's side and every summer we would all get together and my aunt was always so great about trying to get us to like do certain activities together as cousins and um, I remember she was having us sew patches onto towels so we would all have individual towels at the lake and I just spent hours and hours and hours cutting out pieces of fabric and sewing them onto my towel. Um, I also remember again up uh, this is my where my dad's family is from up in Maine. Um, sitting with my grandmother on the front porch where all my cousins were running around and jumping in the lake, and and we were just sitting and knitting on the front porch, and I was just like happy as a clam. I think those kinds of things of both feeling connected to this process and loving the idea of just making something and also that it was this opportunity to connect with people too. You know, you get to spend time with someone when they're teaching you something, when you're making something together. Fiber art is having such a moment right now, which is so exciting because I think seeing these, these techniques and materials in so many different kinds of spaces and the way so many people are, are working with them, there's just infinite both kind of technical things you can do, but also just so much meaning in the material. Textiles are all around us and we we wear them, we sleep in them, you know, we're wrapped in them when we're born. Um, there's just so much richness to that material and it's just like it, it infinite. Like I can't even, you know, it's just so essential and feels so personal. So I've just always been really connected to it, I think, starting from a young age. Are you are you in the courthouse gallery right now? I am, yes. So I arrived this morning. I drove up from Beacon, where I live and where my studio is. And I've been installing all morning. And then I think I'll, I'll spend a few more hours getting things together. But 
but it's definitely coming together and it's it's great to be here. As you're placing everything, how are you thinking about how you'll sort of piece the exhibit together and how you'll place all your all your pieces? Yeah, you know, there's a certain amount that you can do before being here, kind of thinking about themes and colors and shapes that go together and how you imagine the space. And I have, you know, works that are both freestanding sculptures or sculptures that go on the wall or hang from the ceiling. So I could kind of think about what proportion of each of those kinds of works I wanted to have. But you also really can't plan too much until you're in the space and you also see the work in the space and interacting with each other because my studio is is fairly small and also it's so crowded with my stuff. It's hard to see them in a certain way. So when you're in a gallery space, you can really start to imagine how everything fits together. And I kind of, I always find the beginning is hard when you're, when you first arrive, when I arrived this morning and I was like, okay, where, how do I start? Where's the first one going to go? But once you kind of start, I don't know, it just feels like putting pieces of a puzzle together. It just kind of, it starts to pick up, pick up the pace as you're working. For gallery goers, how do you hope they relate to your work or what do you hope they oh take away from it? If, if you're if you're going to come, I'm so happy to see you there. And my work will be so happy to see you there. Even just being there and being in the space and having any sort of reaction, interaction, feeling is amazing to me. I mean, my practice is often really solitary. It's, you know, it's personal. I'm in the studio. I'm working by myself. So these moments to be able to share it with people and have people actually see it and have any sort of feeling is, I mean, it completes it. It completes the the cycle of making it. That's Hannah Washburn. Her sculptures are on display now at the Courthouse Gallery in Lake George. She talked with my colleague, Monica Sandreski. NCPR's Todd Moe also had time recently to meet an artist using fabric in some remarkable ways. And her work, along with that of others, is on display in an unconventional space for an exhibition. Okay, my name is Emmanuel Galliotti, uh, also known as Emma. <laughs> We're here in the Cantwell Room at the Saranac Lake Library. Uh, and this show you're seeing is called Fibrary for Fiber Arts at the Library. Fibrary, uh, it's a term that was coined by my colleague Jenny, Jenny Curtis. Uh, Jenny also does our promotion. And this show is all about local made art. So fiber art, but everything you see here has been made um, locally, mostly by women in Saranac Lake. Uh, the Nitorondackers uh, did the knitted uh, items. And then we have a few pieces from different places like Tupper Lake, uh, Jay, Keen, I believe. Uh, so it's all locally and made. Uh, Paul Smith as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That's another one. And the idea f- was to show the talent that we have here locally. Because people do think in the winter at home, it's cold outside, but it's warm inside. Yeah. 
And everything you see here is kind of warm, right? In itself, we have quilt, sweaters, little blankie, hooked piece. Uh, so it's all about fiber arts and some uh, framed art as well, mostly made of um, little leftover piece of fabric mm. that are at home and uh, beautifully put together. Where is your hat? You were showing me your hat a moment ago. You have this amazing knit hat. So this hat was made by Susan Hopkins. Susan is a local mushroom expert, and she's also a great knitter and a knitter on Dakar. The hat you see, all those different colors, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine different colors, all made by mushroom dyes. So, Suzanne makes dyes herself and dye the wool and then knit it. And so, as you can see, she's a very talented knitter. Because I know the knitter on Dakers and I've been observing our community for a long time, I really, really wanted to show what's made. Yeah. And it's beautiful and they deserve some tribute. I love the fact that many of the pieces tie to nature um, or uh, a season or or the Adirondacks, the, the, Adirondack. the landscape. Yeah. It's really Adirondacky, that's yeah. true. Uh, from the sweaters, uh, which there is one, for example, here. The design was created by uh, Sherry Firo, and that's a biathlon athlete because her family is involved in that sport. So this is a way to make it perdure in the family for generations. And, and there's such a variety of things. There is even this octopus here, right? In the middle of the room, right. In the middle of the room, <laughs> suspended. That was another creation by Michel Glennon. Uh -huh. uh, so another wool and water project. So the show, uh, this show is going to last until November 25. So that gives people some time to come see it. Uh, it's a community room, so sometimes there is a group here doing something. It doesn't matter. You can, you're welcome to come in and uh, look around. I think it deserves to, to be seen, right? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Are you a knitter? Are you a fiber artist? Not really. <laughs> I would fix something, you know, I would create something I need, but uh, I don't have so much time uh -huh, uh, uh -huh. to do that, so I enjoy what others do. And sometime me too, I will be retired and I will be a knitter on Dakar. That's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece? Favorite piece? Well, I have to say it's a knitted knocker. So you do have something on display here that that is very poignant and, and has a special, it's extra special meaning, right? It's yeah. extra special. It, it feels good to touch. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a knitted knocker. Uh, those are made for women who are going through mastectomy. Uh, they're locally made by Sarah Sheldon, so anybody that needs uh, a breast like this uh, could contact her uh, or ask. We have our, our number here. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very touching. They're made in a different colors to match your skin, uh, your weight, your size. Yet for me, this is a perfect example of community fabric, right? Women helping other women. Um, Mm. It's just uh, made to help another woman. Uh, so that piece and probably uh, the bear, the memory bears, because again, something that 
is made for someone else yeah. to to help in a moment uh, in in difficult moment. Yeah. Um, but I love them all really. <laughs> Those are special because they they have a function, yeah. right? So they're special. Yeah. Emma Galliot is one of the artists whose fiber creations are on display now through late November at the Saranac Lake Free Library. She spoke with NCPR's Todd Mo. Thanks to both Todd Moe and Monica Sandreski for contributing to this week's Northwards while I have been traveling. All right, so here's the tortured connection. Speaking of contributing, it is people just like you who contribute the money to make Northwards, Northern Light, Story of the Day, The Howl, and all of our local productions possible. It takes effort, it takes resources to be able to go out in the field and talk with people and edit the tape and turn it into the interviews, feature stories, and podcasts that you enjoy and then distribute them so that you can enjoy them. I hope you'll take a moment out of your busy life right now to support this show and NCPR and make it possible for our growing community to enjoy it for years to come. Contribute now at ncpr.org slash give now. That is ncpr.org slash give now. And in all seriousness, thank you so much. Ethan Chanty, take it away. Northwards is an NCPR podcast production. The show is written, edited, and produced by Mitch Tyke with digital production supervision by me, Ethan Shanty. Caitlin Kelly handles our social media, Bill Hanel is our digital director, and Doyle Dean is our production manager. Music is by the Wickmore Jazz Trio of Plattsburgh. To support this show and find more podcasts, visit ncpr.org. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio.